Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, Jesse Jackson here, and I'm announcing a contest. Starting now through the end of February, all you have to do to win a copy of Nikki Germain's Springsteen at Liberty Hall is to go to iTunes and leave a review for the podcast. Hopefully a good one. I would love nothing but five stars in a three or four sentence review about why you love the podcast and why other people should listen to the podcast. Once you post it, send me a screenshot of your review. Email it to setlustingbruce at gmail.com and everyone who submits that um, review, a screenshot of that review, will be entered into a drawing to win Nikki's book. If you include your mailing address, I will send you a Set Lusting Bruce sticker as a way of saying thank you. So that's all it needs. Go iTunes, rate and review the show, make a screenshot, email it, setlustingbruce at gmail.com, and who knows, you might be enjoying this wonderful book absolutely free. And now, let's get the show going. people have asked me if, it, if it's written from personal experience and I can safely say that it's in, it's entirely made up. I was saying earlier about um, writing with other people in college, a guy that I'd, I spent most of my time writing with back then, he come to me and he was like, Annie, and I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I need you to elaborate. And he was like, I've got this vision of this woman. He was like, we need to tell a story about her. 
and I was like okay and we sat in a we sat in a room and I think it took us a day basically to just bounce this idea back and forth and tell this story of this woman who, who doesn't actually exist and this story that probably pe- people can relate to in terms of what what is hap- what's happening isn't actually real Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We are getting off the Bruce train, though I'm sure he will come up, as he often does. And I am doing a timey-wimey episode. It is my evening and my guest, Dark 30. My guest has stayed up till three in the morning to visit with me. I am feeling very intimidated to try to make this worth her time. Kara, join. Thank you for joining me. Happy to be here. Tell us a little about yourself. I'm Kira Marsland, uh, born and bred from Liverpool. I'm a musician, and uh, my debut single is due out at the end of February, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about that. But before that, we're going to get to, I want to hear your secret origins. Talk about where did you grow up? Uh, take it from there in Liverpool. And what kind of music did your family listen to when you were younger? Like I said, born and bred in Liverpool. I've never lived anywhere else. Obviously, it is a very musical city, so you, you do grow up around that kind of culture. Yeah. Um, what my family, what I like, was listening to when I was growing up. So my dad plays the guitar and he has done for nearly 35 years. So he's very into like Eddie Van Halen, Guns N' Roses, Stevie Ray Vaughan, like pe- people like that. So I grew up listening to that on one side, but then him and my mum were both quite big ravers. So I, I listened to dance music as well. So I had quite a broad spectrum across the board in terms of what I was listening to which is probably why my music taste now is is so broad as well. Yeah, I was going to say, did you embrace that music? Did you enjoy what they were sharing with you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was into all kinds and and still am. I'm not the big, I wouldn't say I'm a a big raver. Okay. But for everything, I have a little bit of everything in my catalogue, I'd say, that I listen to now. Did you know very early you wanted to make music? Yeah, I did. Um, you, that's actually... a big smile you just gave me. So tell me <laughs> a little bit about that. There's a, there's loads of videos of me when, when I was younger. There's a video of me in my grandparents' house in their living room. And I've got, you know, like them plastic guitars that don't actually make any guitar sounds. They just play songs when you press the buttons on them. And kind of pl- I'm playing one. I'm acting like I'm actually playing the guitar with one of these. And I'm stood in a microphone and I'm act like I'm, like I'm on stage. And I'm, I must be like three or four so I think like even from then it's always been my thing I guess. When did you start picking up instruments? 
Um, so I got my first guitar. I must have been about seven, but I didn't actually start learning how to play the guitar till I was like 13. And then in terms of singing, I started off singing like in school choirs. Sure. And things like that and like school productions and like school musicals. So that like that started I would say like around the age of seven as well. And that went all like all the way right up until I left school at sixteen. Mm-hmm. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. I love the idea. I don't know if you've read Bruce's autobiography or watched his on netflix there's his broadway but he tells the story that after seeing elvis on ed sullivan he knew he needed a guitar and (laughs) but his hands were too small to Uh. do the chords and to do things was that part of the reason why you didn't get serious till 13 yeah absolutely like I, i still struggle now i'm not a very big person yeah so I don't have big hands still so I play like parlor sized guitars and everything yeah. now and everyone goes to me that looks like a normal sized guitar when you play it yeah so like I say like I still struggle now sometimes with with certain chords because of the size of my hands so that's definitely a, a factor that entered into it yeah yeah and he also told the story that he didn't 
he didn't care about scales or anything. He just wanted to play Twist and Shout, right? And so that's it. The when so you've always had the performing bug, but when did writing start? Was it poetry? Was it songs? That went, did you always have that writing bug as well? No, actually, it's here in the UK. We have these things at, um, like when you're 15 and 16 in school called GCSEs. Yes. And you have to select subjects. And obviously, I selected music. Um, and as a part of my GCSE, in order to get my grades, I, I had to write a song. I did because I had to, basically. And then... I played it to my music teacher and she said, that's really good. And I was like, is it? And it just snowballs from there. I then went on to study music um, in college and things like that. And I met a guy there who I, he was like, I really love your voice. Let's write together. And that's what we did basically for two years. Mm -hmm. Do you, is creative writing and performing, is it, the same side of just two different sides of the same corn coin or does it work different muscles does it give you different satisfactions doing it that way I would say for me it, it, it gives me the same feeling it's that like it's almost like validating but not because obviously if I write a song and I think it's good yeah then that's starting point but if I play a song live and a room full of people also think it's good mm-hmm. then that's like where the validation comes from and there's no feeling finishing a demo or getting off stage there's no feeling that I could think of to compare that to yeah when as you you developed your love of performing and writing was it in university when you decided you might want to do this full-time or try to yeah. make it make it make it as a be a professional yes yeah, so I was actually in in a band whilst I was at college and um I, I dropped out the band because I was like I was like I'm not happy in the situation that I was in and I'd come to learn that it, it was because that I wasn't the one making the decisions kind of thing. I, it, it, as bad as it may sound, that in, in a band set, and I like to be the one in charge. Um, with with that, I'd, I'd stopped doing music completely for a little bit because I was just like this, I, that I just wasn't happy. Mm. And then I picked it back up and Big Condo, who I'm signing to now, they were like the first gig that, that I did after I'd stopped. I stopped for yeah. like a year and then it, like I say, I reached out to Big Condo and they were like, yeah, we'll put, we'll put you on one of our shows. And that's been three years since then now. And now I'm here with you. That's <laughs> awesome. I hate, I keep bringing this up, but it, I think it's fascinating in Bruce on his biography talked about that. He got tired of being in bands and everyone wanting to say their say. And he, finally reached the point where he called it a benevolent dictatorship. I care about you, but, and that isn't where his nickname, the boss came from, but it's, I need to call the shots. It's my vision of my music. It's my creativity. And, and so I could see how it, that having that, not having a voice heard can be very frustrating, isn't it? Uh- 
Absolutely, yeah. I'm like I'm quite. I have quite strong opinions. I've been raised to to be quite strong-headed. So in situations like that, it's one of those, especially like what when it's something that you've written yourself. Yeah. It's almost it's like your baby. Almost obviously, it's, it's sure. not. But it's this is this has come from my brain. I I am at my most vulnerable point sharing what's come out of my brain with you. I can't afford to you to think that it's your place to make the decisions when it's mine. Yeah. Do you enjoy, though, collaboration if someone is coming in with respect and giving you ideas? Do you enjoy that give and take? Like you mentioned, you were writing with someone else. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I've got a lot of respect for the for the musically talented people who, who are around me. So, yeah. Like, if I respect you as a musician, then I'm more than happy for you to have have an input. Yeah. It's, it's that whole overbearing, thinking that I know best kind of thing. I have worked with, with loads of musicians in the past. I have even, like I said earlier about, about my dad playing the guitar. He plays lead guitar on all of my songs. Oh, how fun. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I'm like, I respect you as a musician. I also respect you as a person. I trust what you can do with what I'm about to give you. Mm-hmm. Hence, the first person that, that, I, that I go to with it. Yeah. Did you boss your dad around in the studio as you were working on your songs? Absolutely. I boss him both even when I love that. That's great. So you talk about you've got a... so. Is it a new album? Is it an album? Is it a single? Talk to me about what's coming up for you. Okay, so like I say, so the the de- my debut single is coming out at the end of February. Okay, and that first song off a of four song EP that's going to be rolling out gradually over the year, basically. And what's the name of the first single? The first single is called Annie. Annie. So talk to me a little bit about it. Where what's the origin of it, and share a little bit about that behind the scenes. Give us some behind the scenes scoop on Annie. Okay, so it's not as juicy as as people may think. A lot of people have asked me if it, if it's written from personal experience, and I can safely say that it's in, it's entirely made up. Okay, I was saying earlier about um writing with other people in college a guy that I'd spent most of my time writing with back then he come to me and he was like Annie and I was like what do you mean I was like I need you to elaborate and he was like I've got this vision of this woman he was like we need to tell a story about her and I was like okay and we sat in a we sat in a room and I think it took us a day basically to just bounce this idea back and forth and tell this story of this woman who, who doesn't actually exist and this story that probably pe- people can relate to in terms of what what is ha- what's happening mm-hmm. but isn't actually real so there is a a musician here in the states called Jason Isbell don't know if you've heard of Jason um but in an interview, he said one of the biggest misconceptions is that everyone thinks every song you write is about you. And he says that sometimes you're just telling a story. So you're nodding your head. Tell me a little bit of what, why that, that speaks to you. 
I love to tell stories. I feel like that's the whole beauty of lyricism and yeah, creating songs is pretty much everything is open to interpretation. Right. What Annie is to me can be entirely different to what Annie is to you or to anybody or to anyone else for that matter. That I think that's the main thing that I probably love about it is the beauty of interpretation. Yeah. Are you getting a chance to perform live? Are you doing some live gigs right now? Uh, so not currently. So the only what I've got coming up is the launch of the single, basically. So that's the twenty fifth of February here in Liverpool. Okay. Uh, it's a Sunday night, which everyone doesn't seem to be quite happy about because they'll have to go to work the next day. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to to about that and to launch the single. Yeah, are you doing? Are you a full band, a solo? What your what what's accompanying you? So I've got I have got a full band behind me. I've managed to recruit some people who are happy to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got my first practice with them this Sunday. So you'll have to wait and see how that goes. <laughs> That's going to be exciting. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about influences. Who are people that have inspired you? Not necessarily musicians, but other artists or people. Talk about your influences. So in terms of music, if we'll start there, sure. Like the first first album that I ever bought was Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Okay, she's probably one of the main influences that that, that I was like, I wanna, I wanna do that. I wanna do what she's doing. Obviously, not realizing as a child all like the suffering that she was going through and the struggle. But in terms, like for me, there's no one who can probably compare to her as an artist. Sure. I'm also a massive Fleetwood Mac fan, like massive Stevie Nicks fan. Sure. Like she's, I've got no words to to describe Stevie Nicks. Yeah. I'm a massive Harry Styles fan, to be honest. Mm-hmm. In terms, of, like current music, like he's he's just an all rounder. I think in terms, of he's a performer, he's a writer, he's got an excellent voice. I think. If I was going to strive to be like anyone who's like about now, it would probably be like to be someone like him. Okay. Um, and in like my day to day life, I think like everyone I surround myself with, like my family and my friends, sure, they, they are massive influences to me. I wouldn't be sat having this conversation with you now if it wasn't for the support of them constantly being like, no, they, you can do this, you can do this, and seeing them do the things that they like that they're doing in their lives i'm just like anything's possible it it really is, isn't it yeah yeah and i love that because a lot of times some artists don't get that support from their family they're like oh you need to do something practical you're worried so i love that they're behind you i've gotten to hear the song and i adored it I, I thought it was amazing, and that's why when I got re- when they reached out to me, and they sent a sample and said, "Who's?" I said, "I'd love to talk to her." So let's. What's next for you? What do you want to? You've got this this year. You're gonna be putting out your EP. So what's next for you creatively? I've been writing for a really long time. 
I've got like a, a back catalogue of seven years worth of songs. Wow. Yeah, with with this EP that's that's going to roll out over, over this year. These are songs that that were written like seven years ago, okay. like when I was an entirely different person. So I've essentially got the next two EPs already recorded as demos. I just need to arrange getting into the studio for them to, and then see when they want to roll the next one. Out, basically, I've okay. got no of, of stopping <laughs> anytime okay. soon. Has anything surprised you in your journey so far? Yes and no. Like, I've always been aware of how much work had to go into it. But being aware of that and actually experience it and having actually, like, actually having to put that work in are two very, very different things. Yeah, I can imagine. And I had a, my actually, I have a nephew that has a band. He lives in Austin, Texas. And I was talking to him and he said that the two hours on stage is the easiest job. It's the arranging the tour schedules, deciding who's driving the bus, how often do they stop to the bathroom? Who has who gets a hotel room? Who's got to sleep on the pad? He says all the other crap to actually get that two hours on stage is where the real work is. The joy is getting to share that music with people. You're shaking your head. You must know a little bit about that feeling, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, that I couldn't. I don't think I could put it better myself. That performing on stage that is the easiest bit and I don't think obviously the people watching appreciate what you're doing but I don't think they realize how much work goes on behind the scenes especially in situations like that when more the more people get involved the more work that it is basically yeah well yeah Um, yeah Yeah. because I had a friend Sarah and talked about that she's a singer-songwriter and she said the mixture is it's easier when it's just you, your guitar on stage, and there's nothing between you and the audience, right? You're just connecting. But at many clubs and pubs or wherever, they want a band, right? And so therefore, to have a bigger sound, you've got to have a band, which means there's more people, there's more involvement. There's you make less money because you got to pay your band. <laughs> it's that finding that middle ground, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like the thing that I've struggled with most probably recently, because I am used to it just being me on my own, is yeah. organizing a rehearsal when everyone's free. That has been the biggest tra- challenge recently that I've faced in order to get prepared for this next gig because I haven't played with the band for yeah. Yeah. So this whole thing of being like, oh, someone's in work or someone's doing this or someone's busy, like trying to find a, like a, a, good, a decent amount of time when everyone is free yeah. is, has been a real struggle for sure. Yeah. Are there favorite, do you throw in some covers when you perform live? Are there, and what are some of those favorites you love to do of other people's songs? So if I've got a full band, you will always find Psycho Killer by Talking Heads in there. Okay. Always. That is one song that I always come back to when I can do it properly. 
Okay. Um, and when it's me on my own, I'm trying to think what pe- what people will always say that I play. Because sometimes with, with covers, people can normally guess what ones I'm going to do. Sure. Um, my go-tos are probably I Want to Break Free by Queen. Okay. And Teenage Dirtbag. Nice. Those are yeah. those are both nice. I love that. What should I have asked you that I haven't? I don't I don't I don't think there's anything that you've missed. Okay. I that's nice to hear. You are I, I am I'm excited. If someone wants to reach you and find your music, what's the best way? Instagram is probably where I'm most active at the minute with, okay. with promoting everything. So I'm at Kira Marsland on on Instagram, on Twitter, everywhere. All social okay. media, Kira Marsland. But if you want the best information from me, I would advise Instagram. <laughs> okay. And if someone is going to be there in Liverpool, where are you debuting the single? At a venue called Casimir Stockroom. Okay. And are you excited? I am very excited. I've specifically requested this venue because it's one that I haven't played yet in the city. What's and it the, is is there history of the venue? Um, it's just a it's just a well known venue, like within the music community. It's one that I've wanted to tick off my list, and it's also quite. It's not a very large venue, like it only holds ninety people capacity. So I thought, the smaller the venue, the better chance I've got of having a debut sellout. That's my yeah. aim, is to fill it. Yeah, that's nice. Is there something creatively that you, in the back of your mind, you want to do that you haven't done yet? I'd like to produce a song with a choir. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. That would go well with your voice. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Any final thoughts before we get to the Mary question? Uh, no, I've had a really good chat with you, to be honest. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. That's very sweet, especially since it's 3.30 in the morning there where you are. Thank you. I have loved talking to you, and you're welcome anytime. When you're ready to promote the next single, reach out. When you're ready to do an album, if you're going to do a Kickstarter to help fund a full album, let me know, and I'd love to help promote it, okay? Great. Thank so, you. I appreciate yeah. that. All right. If you're a fan of the lovely Kira Marshland's music and you're listening to this podcast for the first time, I end every podcast with the Mary question. And what that is, Jay Armstrong, who was an honor singles teacher, now retired in the Philadelphia area, when he was a English teacher, he would give his students the lyrics to Thunder Road and he would treat the song as if it was a poem which I'm sure you acknowledge that you love songs are often poetry, right, Kira? But he would ask the students, after reading the lyrics, after talking Bruce's themes and the imagery he portrayed, does Mary get in the car? So that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? I think so. Okay. And why? I don't know if it's, if it's the optimist in me hoping that for her own sake she does get in the car yes um, but like you said before about about the imagery and everything that's portrayed i think why wouldn't she get in the car she's got nothing to lose yeah that's great 
Kara, this was a joy. Thank you so much for staying up late for me. Wonderful success. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I'm going to play a little bit of the Annie, if that's okay, to yeah, end yeah. the podcast. And we will, I will include all your social links in the podcast. And I hope we get to talk again soon. Me too. All right. Listeners, be safe, be kind, check out her music, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Now your time is up and you drink from your cup and you see yourself one, yeah. But girl, I'm giving you the wipe your tears and the middle of the another episode i'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback um so if you want to skip this i understand but i do hope you check it out every once in a while i'm available on twitter at jesse jackson dfw the show is available at setlustingbruce you can send me an email setlustingbruce at gmail.com you can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442 I am currently doing a few other podcasts, Perfectly Good Podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Gaggs. And then finally, How Many Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.